Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hey, Coxie. G'day, Waz. How are you, mate? I'm great, I'm great. Uh, So, g'day listeners, Tradies in Business podcast coming at you in the midst of the... I thought we were a radio show. radio show. I've given up on that because it's not. Well, it's not. I thought if I said it often enough, it might actually turn into a radio show, but... The universe was not listening. Nothing happened and Triple M never called, so... Mm. Anywho. (laughs) I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Why, why? Hang on. Why are you excited? I'm excited first and foremost because it's a Friday, but no, I'm really excited about today's guests. Mm. It's pretty rare you get a guest that's willing to share as much as these two have. And I was stoked to have a couple on the show. Yes. A tradie couple. Right. So exciting. We haven't had many. Uh, I, think, I think one of them usually chickens out um, <laughs> or maybe doesn't want to talk about the other one with them actually there. So anyway, um, yeah, great couple. Uh, now they happen to be one of our tradiepreneur clients, but don't hold that against them. No. Um, and it was kind of cool because we do know quite a bit about them. So it was good to be able to sort of prod them a little bit, get some more info out of them. And they were happy to share, but, um, man, these two have been through some stuff. Hey. Yeah. Some really big stuff. And, it's really encouraging to see that people can go through such big stuff and still be so connected and still be so in tune with each other, their business, their family and the industry as a whole. It's, it's a fascinating interview. Yeah. And, uh, and their values. I mean, we talk about that a lot during the episode Mm -hmm. or Nick and Jess do, but um, yeah, young Brizzy builders uh, doing some amazing stuff, but you couldn't dream up the chain of events uh, that these two have experienced in the last three or four years. Uh, and and to, when you listen to them in this episode, you'll hear just how they've coped with that. You know, it's, mm. it's like uh, it becomes really apparent how it's affected them. So, um, yeah, have a listen. Um, make sure you go check them out. And uh, listen to the end so you get get the uh, their social media handle so you can harass them online. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fantastic real tradey story. So uh, enjoy today's episode. Enjoy. So we've got Nico and Jesso. I couldn't resist that. Uh, Nick <laughs> and Jess <laughs> joining us on the Traders in Business podcast today. Welcome to the show, team. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's our pleasure. And we're joined by Coxie. G'day, Coxie. Hello, Oz. I like that you're introducing me, so you give me some space to talk occasionally. It's pretty exciting. Well, I just I figure if I let you speak early, then I can take over and just <laughs> run the whole thing from there. Waffle, waffle. Yeah, yeah. But today is not about that. Today is actually about our guests. And I've got my presenter radio podcast voice on, don't I? Mm -hmm. It's the inflection thing. It goes up and down. Nick has a lot of inflection. So I'm going to let Nick and Jess uh, introduce themselves for our real tradie story 
today, and it's awesome to have a couple on the show. We don't often get couples being interviewed. No, it's my first time to interview a couple. Oh, no, we did do the, the speakers from uh, America. Yes, yes, but a, but a tradie couple. That was mm. you know, tradie couples working together. Thanks, Nick. Um, so, guys, uh, hello. Who are you and what are you doing here? Well, hello, guys. Um, I'm Nick Esplin. This is my wife, Jess, and uh, we own a company called Esplin Building Group based in uh, Brisbane. Uh, so, yeah, we started, we found out the other day only three years ago. We thought it was five, but uh, been going for three and a half years now. Um, started building. We don't know why. <laughs> we got into, um, started in carpentry and um, did my builder's license uh, during the carpentry uh, end of the carpentry apprenticeship and then yeah we've just started the company and and it all grew from there really yeah and I suppose I came in on, on board uh, at the start of last year when I started maternity leave um, so I've had a lot more to do with business in the last year which is pretty exciting it's nice to be involved and see another side of yeah Nick's life that I wasn't privy to before <laughs> it's a new perspective isn't it it really is mm. completely different yeah and that's something that we we really love about our real tradie stories interviews here on the podcast is giving our listeners an opportunity to hear from people who are doing it just like them uh, and you know it's We'll, we'll get into your story a bit more, but uh, I guess you guys have been through some stuff that has maybe shifted your perspective a little bit in the last couple of years, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, I guess we started out with this big idea that, of what we thought business was and what we thought the building industry was. I think the reason I got into building uh, in the first place, the, the, the carrot that dangled in front of me was... Uh, one of my mates told me he earned two grand in one week. When I think I was earning three hundred bucks a week, and I thought <laughs> that sounds pretty good. And um, yeah, we always had passion for houses and stuff like that, and it just sort of grew from there. And once we did our own place, and and um, we enjoyed it, we thought we can do it for others, and we had this idea of what the building industry is like and what we wanted it to be like for us. And yeah in the last couple of years just certain events happened and our whole perspective changed and everything got thrown out of proportion and um yeah well, lives essentially got turned upside down and um through certain process and stuff we've uh, we've managed to rewrite it all and get it all back on track so yeah it's been interesting so i'm uh, just to put listeners in the picture a little bit which is hard when you're a listener not a watcher um, but, uh, language, language. So I know you guys pretty well because, um, you're part of our tradiepreneur program and, uh, and you were lucky enough to have me as your nominated coach. So lucky, <laughs> lucky. <laughs> so I know your story pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm trying to hang back Coxie and not sort of ask all the questions that I, I'm going to sort of load them up. Uh, based on the story, but um, I'll kind of, I'll open the conversation a little bit. You mentioned about getting into building, you know, you're making whatever it was, 500 bucks a week and he made two grand in a week. Um, how did, how did it differ to what you thought in those early days? So, you know, you got into the industry. What were, were there any like, holy crap, I didn't realise it was like this. Well, I, I think that when I started, I was letting my perception of the industry 
lead me in the direction of I wanted my business to go. And unfortunately, the reality of business is nothing like that. What you see, uh, it's the old tip of the iceberg thing. You see a small percentage of it and all the hard work is done. And I think going into business, I just went headfirst into what I thought it was going to be like. And, you know, I went and got the big lease on the ute and I put new work shirts. I made sure everyone had the nice hats on. I didn't know what my overheads were. I didn't know, you know, how much the business cost to run each week. And there was so many unknowns in the in the industry for us in the early days or for me specifically in the early days that just caught caught me off guard so much. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of scary actually that they can, that people, you can get a builder's license, you can run a business, you can build someone's house, which is their biggest investment in life. And you've got no idea what's actually going on in those early days. It's, it's very scary. Um, so yeah, we yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's stressful now. And I think about it, I cringe um, to think um, there's other people out there that are still doing the same thing now. I think one of the biggest problems starts with the fact that you're not taught any of these business elements when you're doing your builder's license. Yeah. And yeah. there's been some changes I would suggest since you did yours, but even still, it's only a very small component of gaining your builder's license. It's impossible for you to even understand that you need to know what your bottom line is unless you have a grounding in that in the first place and you are very much led by the people in the industry that come before you and if they look like you know you need that consistency in the uniform you need the big showy car everybody needs a hat everyone gets a stubby cooler all the fun things if that's all you see that's what you model your behavior on right 100 percent. that's exactly right so but you know and then reality one day will catch up with you and um the chickens come home to roost and that is exactly what happened to us, essentially. Yeah, I think it was when we started doing those bigger jobs that we realised that there's a whole heap of things that we weren't sort of doing well um, and they kind of un- unravelled mm. a lot of our, or what we had, that, that image of what we had in our mind of what we were meant to be doing. So yeah. I suppose that's where we had to take it all back um, and, yeah, start. We stripped the business scratch. down and, um, yeah, we started from the bones. Es- essentially, oh, I would say we went bankrupt without going bankrupt. We, yep, it's not we, uncommon. It's, mm. It was hard. It's the toughest thing that one of the toughest things that we've ever mm. had to go through. Mm. Nothing quite it. like an elephant sitting on your chest every night when you finish work to add to your stress load, right? That's exactly right. Can relate. We went through lots of periods <laughs> of time where we didn't sleep yeah. before nights and, yeah, we were really, really stressed out. No, um, yeah, that wasn't because we had a kid either. No. <laughs> yeah, that was before that. <laughs> so I, I want to talk about the, the couples side of things because as I mentioned at the top of the show uh, or the top of our interview, um, we don't have a lot of couples come on for guest interviews and um, I'm interested to hear more of how the heck did you guys navigate all of that? Like, Nick, you've decided you want to go into building. Um, Jess, I assume you were working at that stage. Yeah. Uh, so how did I, you guys manage all that? Yeah, so I am an occupational therapist um, and Nicky was doing his building side of things and I would hear stories at the end of the day or panicked phone calls in the middle of the day while I was at work um, to sort of say, help me, I don't know what I'm doing with this and I wouldn't have that much to add at that time because I didn't really have a full scope of what was going on um, and I think going on maternity leave was one of the best things that I could have done for the business because 
because I feel like I've really had a lot more time to invest in understanding just the back of the house stuff um, and a lot more time to sort of um, listen and, yeah, chat was, with Nick about different things that were going on each day, I suppose. I was very aware. I didn't want Jess to be one of those wives that were thrown into a job because they're on maternity leave and they're there because they have to. I guess you see that so often with tradies. Um, God, speak to my wife. She's the bookkeeper sort of position. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't want that. I wanted someone who was actively involved. And I think when Jess first started, coming from a health background, how regimented their systems are, how well documented it all is, she came in, she sort of saw what the building industry was like. And I guess that's what started. That was the first day of, you know, recovery for the business was Mm -hmm. when she got involved and just took a massive role in the business getting these systems in place and it just, it starts small. And then once you get, you know, 10, 15, 20 of these processes, you just, you, you can see change and you see things improving and having someone with that knowledge, with that experience in a different field, but so relatable to any industry. Mm. Um, that was the breaking point for us. Mm. So it is great having being partners, which is essentially what we are. We're partners in the business. We make decisions together and we work together. It's not yeah. one of us running um, more than the other it's we we consult each other we work together and ultimately that's been the best step for our business the whole time there was a clear line though as well where I was like last year for example I was sort of helping out and I think um there was a clear line in the stand where we had, had a discussion about me actually joining the business um and we yeah outlined what that would look like and created I suppose a role for me um, we redid all of our role descriptions we created our roles for now for 12 months and so we knew where we stood we we needed to make sure that we had respect for each other mm. at home and at the business we had to make sure that we weren't stepping on each other's toes um so we put procedures in place where we had speaking time and we had Jess knew her roles I knew my roles and she did what she needed to do and then we'd come together and we'd, we'd consult and if I had any ideas or she would I would give them to her and vice versa so mm. that really worked well for us and I think the people who we work with now as well uh, really see Jess as not just the builder's wife. Sorry, Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But more of, uh, yeah, one of the, the founding members um, of, the, of the business. As she is and you raised some awesome points. You're almost speaking my story. It's really similar to yours and it is about making that conscious choice to be part of the business and not just be helping out or chipping in. It's about taking ownership, I suppose, of your own role within the business and stepping up to the plate and being joint business owners and it takes great headspace for both of you to come together to be able to do that. Now that's something that's not always readily available in some of these relationships, particularly we find for older tradies, sorry, older tradies, but typically they're very much, they feel like they're the head of the business. They're the business owner. And yet our partners have so much to offer in the business. They have so many transferable skills. Most people don't understand that building is like any other business realistically. So whether you come from a health background, so do I, but my skills are transferable. We can put them in place into your business or it's a retail background or it's a, my goodness, a teaching background, anything, all of those skills are transferable straight back into this business model as in construction full stop. And you can actively run the business together rather than you doing it, I guess, solo and somebody jumping in to help out. It, it's, it's a really important description that you, that you have put in place. But those positions 
kitchen descriptions, I think of the clarifying moment in which you really have those, I guess, clear guidelines on how you both behave within the business. And that brings about, like you say, the respect with the people that you're working with, with the clients that you're working with and for each other within your relationship. It's, it's really integral to make a business work as a partnership. How did you come to the position where you understood you needed to have those role descriptions? Tell us the ugly bits. Well, I just didn't want to step on toes because I knew that it was Nick's baby. Like the business had always been his baby and I really was mindful of the fact that I was coming in as sort of a separate party with my own thoughts about how things have been running. And, yeah, I, I really didn't want to step on toes. So I suppose by drawing it all out and saying, okay, Nick, what are you going to do and what am I going to do, we were really able to sort of, yeah, yeah, as Define you said, not, well. yeah, and not step on toes. I think before that, though, and I, uh, for me, it started a bit earlier. And I, I think a lot of tradies can probably relate to this. You've got your home life and then you've got work and, you know, you, you can have made a mistake or someone could owe you money. And you're going through all this stress and you come home and you just repress it because you don't want to, you don't want to tell your wife how bad your day is. You don't want to relive the shit that you've just been through that day, that mm. afternoon. Mm. Um, so you keep it. You bottle it up and then the next day you, you don't, want to, don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to go to work because you know you're about to step into this um, yeah, business day full of negativity and stuff that you don't want to associate yourself with. And I remember talking to my dad on the phone once and he said to me, a problem shared is a problem halved. And I thought about it and I thought, oh, that couldn't be right. My problem's not going to go away if I tell someone. And I remember one night just coming home and just telling Jess about my day and she just had a couple of little solutions about ways I could make it better. And it did. Like within... An hour, I felt better. I went huh? went in the office. I did those actions, wrote them down. And for me, that's when I felt, felt right, Jess is going to be a great part of the business for both of us. We can share all the problems. Um, and f- from then on, it just uh, developed into transparency. There's, mm. If I'm feeling any emotion, um, upset, happy, whatever, we share it and we're just super clear. Because if you, if you do repress those feelings and... Um, you know, you're not open and honest with each other, then that's when problems bottle it, bottle up and evolve. And we table them straight away and we push through them and within the day they're usually solved. Mm. It's not hard once you, exactly as you say, to voice those feelings, what you're going through. And it's a different perspective, I suppose, when, when it, those incidents for us as a person solely is everything. But when you step outside, which you do by inviting a new perspective, you can find solutions or you can find another opinion that makes you understand your client or your subby or whatever it might be. It's a really valuable relationship to have and to the point that you can share to such an extent. I imagine it wasn't always like that. And I wonder what those early days were like. So some of the frustrations that the builder and I would have were he'd always been a builder. You know, he's 25 years in the industry as a builder. His father was a builder. So that's always what he has known and understood Whereas although I had a trade background, I'd also been a consumer and I'd had a house built by a builder. So I understood a lot of what he was trying to transfer to clients or to subbies was said in a different language because he had this knowledge and and that created some real struggles for us trying to change his perspective. I wonder if you faced similar or what other sort of problems came up for you right in the beginning when it was a bit tougher. Um. I guess the, the the big thing for us was when we were, the roles were a bit tricky. When we Jess would sort of tell me, "Oh, look, I think we should approach 
for clients like this and I would sort of say, don't you tell me how to approach <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're just an occupational therapist. You know, I'm <laughs> building someone's house for them. And I guess once you – there's a massive ego element yes. to anyone in business, uh, in self-employed business, I should say. And I guess it's because people want to make a difference in their field. And once you can sort of step back away from the ego a little bit, then you can do – you can sort of get a, a less clouded uh, vision of what you're trying to do. And once we, that, that was probably one of the big things for me, ego. I didn't want Jess to be involved in my thing. Um, but yeah, now it's our thing and it's better than ever. So Money as well, like being able to say, Nikki, I don't see that as a priority. That was quite like, that was a bit of a tension point, I'd say, at the start. What do you mean? Every building needs a new land cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the one, one area that, on I suppose, <laughs> um, that I suppose I yeah, started out as like a bit of a tension point. And then I think as we've evolved and as we've um, yeah, developed a clearer plan and brought on a bookkeeper and all those types of things, yeah, things have become a lot more clear in terms of how we need to spend our money and what we mm. need to do next, I suppose. Mm. So what were... Um, you know, you sort of gone into this a little bit uh, starry-eyed, and uh, you know, got the Instagram goggles on when you when you kicked off the business. Um, what were some of the? I suppose we we always talk about the stuff ups, right? Um, and the tough lessons. What were some of the, the lessons you learned the hard way in those those early years? Well, they're all early years because it's only been three. <laughs> um, I think. Some of the things we learned that were important for us were um, making sure all our specifications and stuff on jobs um, were all padded down correctly and, and people were um, clear on what they knew what they were getting. Mm. Um, I think that's one, one area that we definitely dropped the ball on in the early days. I think when we first started, we were doing like one-page quotes and, you know, sort of say, here's what you're getting, you know, here's the dollar value of it and, give us your $900,000 for your Queenslander extension, please. So um, that was probably our biggest thing that we've had to overcome. And once again, like you think you, everyone puts it down to a bad client. Oh, I've had so many bad clients and oh, I've got a bad client boys at the moment. And, you, and once I sort of was having a few bad clients and I thought, why am I having these bad clients? Like why me? And then me, that's the exact reason you've got to look at yourself and think why it's up to me. You've got to take responsibility of the, of the situation and where we defined where the problems were and then we put a solution to the, each one of those problems and sooner or later um, we managed to, um, yeah, overcome those issues and the bad clients got less and less and less and before we knew it, we were having good clients, we are having beers at the end of the job with the clients and it's it, this transformation um, happened over the space of probably 12 months but it just was huge and I think taking ownership and you're always developing these strategies and systems and you can never get complacent. It's always going to be an evolving process. It was very liberating, wasn't it, when you, like when we actually took responsibility for our role in, yeah, that bad client um, scenario. Yeah. So, what so I've got business owners here telling me that they need to work on themselves as well as a business. Completely. Yeah. That was like one of the things that we've done to work on the business. We've worked on ourselves in the last, particularly in the last 12 months. 
I guess you see in movies and stuff like that, you know, people go and they do the gym stuff and they, they work on themselves in, in the movies. And it's exactly the same thing. Like we just took time for, for us to learn and develop and evolve. And we're not born with, um, you know, degrees drilled into our mind. We actually have to learn this, do this self-learn. And if, and if you're a better operator, your business will be a better operator. Essentially, mm-hmm. we're the brains of the business. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of self-learning, many hours and lots of dollars. but Lots we, of podcasts. Lots of podcasts. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I've, I've been particularly impressed with uh, the way you've both responded as individuals and as a couple uh, and as business owners to some personal challenges that you've uh, been presented with in uh, the last 12 months um, and it's obviously ongoing. Uh, if you're comfortable to share, um, can you fill our listeners in on, you know, so you've got this business, it's a couple of years old, you're starting to find your feet, you're working together, um, uh, you know, you've got some good clients coming in, things are pretty good, you have your first baby. Yeah, so I guess we've sort of... <laughs> I'll never say a string of bad luck or anything like that. It's just unfortunate events and I think everyone goes through it. Um, But it probably started when we were about 11 months pregnant. We were building our house and um, our rental we were living in got sold. So we got like three weeks notice to move out of this home. We are about to give birth. That just stressed everything out um, for us. And we had a beautiful little boy who was... um, you know, we're so happy with and a couple of days into him being born, we found out he was born profoundly deaf. Um, and that was a huge shock for us. Um, it was a bit, it was interesting times because the same week that we told my parents that, um, that we're having a baby, my mum was also diagnosed with cancer and we just, all of a sudden everything was going so good. And then it felt like our world just turned on top and turned upside down and we didn't know didn't know what to do we didn't know it just puts everything turns your whole world upside down and there's no only people who have really been through it can understand what it's like to um to say that um to to, to go through it it's it's crazy um just just remind me too at the same time we actually had all of our tools stolen so someone broke onto our site um smashed one of our trucks damaged our excavator and stole about 50,000 bucks worth of tools and our trailer. So essentially, here we are. We're a new family. We've got this fantastic business. We've got no tools to go to work. We're born with, we've got nowhere to live. We've got um, a child that's been born deaf and we don't know what the rest of our life is going to um, hold. And we were just puzzled. Like, we we just didn't know what to do. And um, it was it was honestly, that it was the toughest you know, we're only young, but it's the most challenging thing we've ever gone through. You just don't know if you should just throw it all out and and quit and just never build another house again because you, you can't stop thinking about your personal life. There's, you flip your lid and you've got no reason. You can't reason with anything. Or someone's complaining about, you know, I'm really unhappy with the colour of this wall on my house. And you say, okay, cool. All right, well, why don't we just burn the house down? That might fix it. <laughs> no reason. And, and, yeah, so we honestly had a very dark place in all of our lives and our friends, our close friends would know this. We just, we were stuck. We were stuck in the mud and we didn't know what to do. And we, um, 
we needed help. So we put out, I put my hand up and I went and got some counseling because I definitely thought that, um, you know, I needed to work on myself a bit there. And we started chatting to our coaches and working on, on our business a bit more. And we decided all the negative things that we were doing, we wanted to try and have more net positives in that day than negatives. So if we had 10 bad things, we had to have uh, 11 good things. And with that positive mindset, we slowly, one by one, like it's been 10 months now, little boy's 10 months old, and you just, the next day is better than the day before. And then you have a setback and then you make sure your days are better and better and better. And then we sort of got back in the business mindset and we sort of, our personal, we're on top of our personal stuff, we're on top of our son's um, deafness and getting him sorted out and then our, we were going great and then we started spending time in our business and we, we took three weeks off and we just went away and we just, we wrote down our values and we wrote down our goals and we, we set our goals for five years, ten years and then we worked back from there of how we're going to get to those. And all of a sudden, it happened in a car trip between Sydney and Brisbane. In the morning, we were feeling down in the dumps. And by the afternoon, we both just wanted to get in the office. And we just had absolute clarity of where we were going, what we were doing. Um, and it was amazing. It just, our whole perspective changed in three weeks of, of, our, of our whole life. And it was groundbreaking for us. And it was a beautiful thing. I loved, it was great. How do you feel about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> saying, <Jess? laughs> um, well, um, yeah, very like, yeah, I, I think we have definitely had some really challenging times, but I think that for us, um, I don't know, I think that we just bounce off each other quite well and we've got really fantastic support that's helped us get through the, the last year. Um, and I think because of our family and our friends and being really clear and open with our communication between us, I think we've been able to um, navigate through these challenges really well and pull out, um, I don't know, I, I think that we've gone, like come out of it um, on top and we've learned a really, um, like a lots of really great lessons and I think that they, um, we're able to apply those to the building business now as well. So we're, I would say that we're very fortunate to have gone through all of those um, big Top challenging times. times. Yeah. We've come out stronger. Yeah. That probably would have been my next question was such negative times in your life, such tough times. Do you still look back at them and see all of the pain that you went through or do you look back now and see the opportunities for growth and the opportunities for change? We I think I can, I can reflect on the times and, and remember that I was – feeling quite sad or um, the pain that was around that area. I, I, I know that I, like I remember that feeling, but I don't still feel it now. When I reflect back on it, I don't have those same feelings. Um, I feel very, um, yeah, like thankful and okay with, with how we've um, been able to get through them. And, yeah, we have certainly learnt so many fantastic lessons um, and we feel so grateful have such a beautiful little boy who is super happy and just started walking and doing all these wonderful little things. Um, we, yeah, we, I feel really grateful for what we've been through. 100%. People say, would you change it if you changed what happened if you could? And I don't think we would because otherwise we wouldn't be here right now. So yeah. we wouldn't have implemented the changes in our personal life, uh, in our business life especially. You know, it's just so many 
amazing things came from so many unfortunate things. And I think being able to extract the positives out of the negatives and associating yourself with people who bring you up to do that and listening to the podcasts and having positivity. Like I said, it's more positive times than negative times. And if you just keep that mindset, that growth mindset, that positive mindset, then you're bound to have good things happen. If mm. you, yeah, Jess always says, if you put the positive vibes out there, they'll come back around to you. And we live by that. We always try Excellent. and push out the positive vibes. And yeah, it's worked good for us. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested to, to hear from you a bit about the industry at large, I guess. Um, you know, construction and trades. You are a younger couple. Uh, and, <laughs> that was very and... diplomatic. <laughs> you mean you're old? Uh, I'm older than Nick and Jess, put it that way. That's all right. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always like to hear from, I guess, the, the younger generation coming through the trades um, and particularly couples, again, where it's easy for guys like me to get all crusty and bitter and twisted about it and reminisce about the good old days. And, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff, I suppose. Um, but I, I like to hear... Um, your perspective on the industry and how it can improve and change and and perhaps adapt to what's going on because I suppose my my observation is there are still a lot of people who are stuck in the old ways and stuck in the in the mud that you guys referred to earlier so like are there some things that you wish would change about the industry absolutely definitely <laughs> for me I wish there was more structure because my brain doesn't work in building industry land it needs structure um, and I suppose that's one of the biggest things that we've tried to add to our business within the building industry and we found it to be really um, beneficial. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for us, um, to our, what we've had to do is identify all the flaws in our business. So we pretty much put a rule in place. Every action that you do more than twice needs a process. And we wrote, we've got a big, we've got a big whiteboard and we just write down all of our actions and then we create these processes. And until we got all those processes down on paper and we saw, we saw them all in front of us, we realized how many things in the building industry, or how many processes and structure um, or lack of there is. So we, we are really open to helping more people, helping other businesses. Um, we don't necessarily want to, um, profit from creating a better industry, um, but we for other builders. But we want to we want to bring the whole industry up um, together. And I think probably one of the biggest things that a lot of builders lack is communication um, with clients. So if there's any issues, everyone has cash flow problems. Doesn't matter if you you know you've got a million bucks in the bank or you've got a dollar in the bank. You're always going to have cash flow dramas. And I think it, when there's transparency and clarity between all parties involved. Then you then people are more accepting. Um, it's easy to just go bury your head in the sand, and I think um, that's um, that's a, a problem in the building industry. Probably one of the biggest. Um, I think the second is specifications uh, in jobs. People need to be more clear on what they're the service they're providing, and I think what builders tend to do is because they're caught up in the moment and they've got a hundred grand in the bank because they've just received a progress payment. The owner might ask for X on the job and, or, you know, we want to extend the deck by half a meter or we want to, you know, put another door in here. And because they're feeling good and they're happy, they'll just accept these small variations. But 
get to the end and they've got no money left and they're, you know, robbing Peter to pay, pay Paul and it just becomes a downward spiral from there. So with, with detailed specifications, it, it, it would be more like a shopping list. People know that they're getting a door over there and, you know, tiles on this wall. And the more detailed specs, the better the outcome for everyone involved. And then if they do want to do it, you can say, well, look, you can see here in the quote, I haven't actually allowed for it, but we can do that for $450. And all of a sudden, the, the owners are on the, they're educated. They've got the understanding of where, where their money's going and to what, and um, the builder's not out of pocket. So they're the two main things, I think, in the industry that need improving, and there needs to be more education and more workshops around um, those, those two uh, aspects to help inform as many builders as we possibly can. I would also say um, some of the back of house stuff and I think you mentioned it before, Coxie, that they're changing up how they issue builders' licences. But I think that some training in the back of house, um, yeah, stuff would be really beneficial. Um, so, if the, what you mean, I like paperwork and <laughs> paperwork <laughs> and record keeping yeah. and uh, financial management? Absolutely. Yeah. But there's so much technology involved these days. That's the thing. Like once we've we've obviously just put a a bookkeeper on and she's just revolutionised the way we document everything. And we used to manually input receipts and stuff in there, just take a photo of it. And like that, and the industry is evolving so quickly and having access to uh, technology like that and a little bit of education can take so much time. You don't need to have two office days a week. You can have mm. a couple of nights a week. And, you know, if you're more um, dependent on technology, then mm. it's going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. And I probably just want to touch back to one of the points you made on communication. It's something that I find tradies don't do well full stop. And a lot of their lack of communication comes from not being taught how to communicate. And secondly, the shame that they feel when something goes wrong. So that takes me right back to the beginning when you were talking about not wanting to share your burdens or your pain from the day with Jess. Sharing that, you know, tradies full stop don't share. We don't, we're, we're so stuck in the mindset that if I tell you where I'm at, you'll copy it or you'll poach the client or you'll think I'm shit because I didn't do something right, that we don't share our experiences and therefore none of us ever really feel okay in what we're doing and it makes it harder for us to learn. So if I were to suggest a change, it would be that we all become a little bit more open about where we're at, mm. about what we're going through, about what we've done to make things better. So seeing young couples like you guys, you know, put your hand up and speak honestly and bravely about what you've been through actually opens the door for other conversations like this, which is very much what we like to do on the podcast is get people on, share your story and allow others to feel they're not alone. And when yeah. you stop feeling like it's just you out there on your own fighting the world, you can actually start to make some of those positive changes and look back and realize, okay, a lot of this is about me and I need to work on myself like you were talking about before but you can't see that if it's never modeled to you so it takes brave people like yourselves to put your hands up have those conversations and that's how the industry starts to change that's right and it goes back to that whole the vision of what people think the business is going to be they think that you know everyone's these jobs they're, they're doing these huge jobs and it's all easy and there's you know they've got the nice cars and stuff like that and it's this perception that people are letting run their business when they need to work on them themselves and like that mm. back of house stuff um like you say so it's also i suppose that perception of oh builders make so much money they oh my god <laughs> <Not> <laughs> you're a, a builder you must be rich right yeah, exactly. exactly isn't that it yeah <laughs> 
But no, I think uh, slowly that, that myth's coming unbusted because it's just, um, yeah, the industry is changing. And I know, again, with the whole um, people don't want to copy each other as well, like with all the systems and stuff in place these days, it's everyone's, you know, ships are sailing in the same direction. You can't, it's very hard to have a piece of intellectual property that's um, completely different to what everyone else is doing. So you're mad for not sharing it because there's enough houses and clients out there for everyone to, to get work from. And yeah, we have tenders and we quote against each other, but you know, ultimately you've just got to do what works best for you. And if you're doing the same as your mate next door, then guess what? There's two good builders doing good work. So that's yeah. fantastic. It's creating a better industry for everyone. Absolutely. It's a big mind shift change though for the industry. I think we're, we're just too conditioned to thinking that, you know, because we don't understand it, your point, there is enough work for everybody. There's plenty of work for everybody to go around. If you work on things in your business, like niching down to find those correct clients for you, we get scared of that. Um, it's a mindset. You know, we're frightened that we're going to run out of work and I've got to cut my prices so that I can be competitive and win that job. And I've got to, you know, do something similar to what that guy's doing because look, he just got a job and I don't have one. So until that mindset starts to change, and again, it's people like yourselves leading the way by talking about how you're positively making those changes. So you're niching down, you're finding clients that work for you as well as you work for them. It's those kind of changes in your business that then others can watch you do successfully, then it starts to change. But changing that mindset, mindset is really challenging. It's going to be a long-term project, I think. 100%. I think the thing that helped me a lot with that is I turned off my business Instagram for probably longer than six months and I stopped looking at what everyone else was doing. I'd seen mates who were trying to compete with other mates and where that got their business. And we... Yeah, we just ran our own race. We compared ourselves to ourselves and um, we were trying to do things better within ourselves and then we started putting one extra photo out, a new photo, a new photo. And when I went back on Instagram, I had three jobs signed over $700,000 and I was like, oh, wow, like, look where I've just come back into on Instagram and even now I'm still horrible at posting on it but it's, uh, you know, definitely one of our challenges and one of our goals that we're working on but, yeah, you've just got to reset yourself and just... Run your own race. That's the biggest thing that I'll, I, I can say about that. Yeah. So what uh, what does the future look like for um, Esplan Building Group, but also for you two as a couple? You know, you've shared a bit of personal stuff. Um, what's what's the next few years look like? Um, for me, my, I suppose personally, my biggest goal is well, next week, my baby's getting cochlear implants, so teaching him how to listen will be a really, really massive priority for me. Um, Maybe you could teach Nick at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, do you want to speak to the business stuff? Yeah, so just to reiterate with Jess, that's obviously super important for us is to make sure that our little man gets um, his hearing and stuff okay and teach him how to talk and everything like that. But um, I guess... For the business, um, look, we've got our client avatars. We know our target market. We know which jobs best suit us. Um, whereas in the past, we might have just been taking a million dollar house here and a fifty grand deck there. We we know which jobs we need to knuckle down and target. And um, we've got our systems in place. We've got our processes. We've got our software. We've got a fantastic team. And 
we're obviously we're not being complacent at all, but we're and we've got our next growth steps. But I think we'd like to be trying to take on um, maybe three jobs at once. Um, we've got the plan of getting a development project at the end of the year, um, possibly the start of next year, and we would like to sort of move slowly into that that sector. But we still do enjoy delivering kick-ass houses for our clients. I think there's no better feeling than when you're at the end of the job and you're just standing in the driveway and you're looking at someone's house and like their kids are playing. It happened to me two nights ago, actually. Their kids are playing in the front yard and you know, you're just talking about the colour of a wall or something like that or the, how green the grass is. But you just, um, you're just enjoying it. You're, you're enjoying the fruits of your labour and there's, that is so rewarding. It's worth the, the teeth-pulling teeth exercise through going, trying to organise your trades and stuff like that once you get to that point. So I think more moments like that are on the cards for us, trying to start um, a couple of developments in the future and just enjoying life, having the work-life balance, not taking work too seriously. Um, so, yeah, continue to grow and, and learn and educate. And, yeah, we're, we love, we're, we're education addicts now, so we just want to change as many things and put as many systems in as we can. Love it, love it. So, Coxie, can I ask my question? Please, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> uh, so, you might know that I ask this question of uh, most of our guests, guys, is if you had a thousand <laughs> tradies in a room, uh, what's one piece of advice or one thing you would like to say to them? You can both have a chop at this, actually. I think that I would probably run some sort of communication-y type seminar on like, yeah, like what I did in my first year of uni, um, some sort of communication 101. This is how you talk to clients. This is how you talk to your staff. Um, this is what it means to be a good communicator and a, a good listener. I think that that would be probably the one thing that I would address. You? I think um, I would just get everyone to just stop write down all their values, write down the things, their goals, yeah. the things that they enjoy, and then just get them to see how that relates to their business or see what they need to do in their businesses to align with their values. Because if people are more aligned with their values and doing what they love, we'll have a lot more happy tradies out there. And uh, I think the industry will be a better place. I like it. Great I advice. <laughs> Get clear on your values and learn how to communicate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. Industry's fixed. Yeah, yeah. But, but the fabulous <laughs> thing about that, they're, they're so fundamental that cash flow problems and poor variation handling and issues with sub-trades and getting hate from everybody around you as a builder especially – those things go away when you get clear on, on uh, you know, what's important and that flows onto where you spend your time and how you communicate to everybody around you. Like, it's, it's a really good wrap-up and it's great to hear it from, you know, you guys are on the ground, you've done this, you've learned some pretty expensive and uh, emotionally painful lessons in the last few years mm. uh, and I'm sure they're not the last ones you'll learn but uh, fantastic advice. Uh, that hundred percent, what you just said is true. Was that's um, yeah, the cat, all the good stuff follows once you get yourself sorted and once you yeah. get your values right. Yeah, uh, yep. Very important. I love it. Well, uh, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. I haven't heard Will uh, squealing in the background at all. <laughs> uh, so you've got him gagged and banned in another room, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> so you mentioned Instagram. I'm going to help you here, Nico, and um, we're going to make sure everybody goes and critiques your Instagram feed <laughs> and uh, checks out your stories so that you have to post more. But um, where can people find out more about EBG, as we call it, or Esplan Building Group? Jump over to uh, Esplan yeah, Building Group on Instagram. Um, promise Coxie I'm going to do a couple of stories a day. So we're definitely going to, uh, we're trying to do one new post a day and we're going to keep everyone up to date with um, what's going on on, on site and doing a bit of uh, on-site education so that our clients and past, or pr present and future can see what goes into our builds and, and help them out. So yeah, Esplan Building Group on Instagram. E-S-P-L-I-N, Esplan Building Group. Uh, go check them out. Make sure you give them a follow. And uh, keep an eye on Nick's stories. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. Fantastic to have you on the podcast. Um, really proud to be working with you here at Traders in Business and, uh, and to have you on the show and to have you as part of our community. Um, you're, you're absolutely leading the way for young tradies out there. So uh, well done. Thanks very much, Was. Thanks, Coxie. Yeah, thank, thank you for being here, guys. Thank you for sharing so honestly too. It's not always easy. Uh, as long as we can help out other people. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, there you go. Nico and Jesso. Nico and his miso. <laughs> you said I'm not allowed to say that, and you're not that much younger than me, Coxie. So. Oh, don't tell everybody. Come on. <laughs> I don't have so much. Well, I've covered my grey hair, so they might yeah, think I'm yeah, much, much right. younger than you. Yeah, well, now they're going to think you're 31 because I'm 35. <laughs> I like it. That'll yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> With the what maturity a of a 16-year-old. Yeah, well, um, I didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, awesome couple um, doing awesome stuff together. And uh, yeah, I was listening to them, and I, I thought... There might be some people out there going, oh, you know, this is a bit cute and good for them. But you know what? They're actually leading the way yes. for trade couples around them and, and, you know, for their sub-trades and their families. And mm. they're just, they're doing cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah, really proud to have them, not just as part of our community, but as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, they're actually working with us as uh, in our Tradepreneur program. Uh, and so really excited to be um, working on some of this stuff with them, uh, you know, basically sort of working alongside them in their, in their business and seeing mm. where they're going and, and how quickly they're developing is just bloody awesome for us to be a part of that. So um, I'm going to shut up anyway, Coxie, because I get really excited <laughs> about all this. <laughs> no, you don't. It's rare for me to shut up. No, you've been very good at it of late. But if you want to find out more about what we do, who we are, I'm pretty sure we've told you plenty of times, so I'm going to tell you again. You can head on over to the website, tradiesandbusiness.com.au, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram for that matter. Over on Facebook, though, there's a fantastic, we've, and I'm going to call it, I'm sorry, it's a fantastic group. We've got a huge group of like-minded tradies who are coming together to network, to help solve one another's problems, to share their experiences. It's a great, fun place to hang out. Warwick and I are there sometimes, actually lots of times, but yeah, we're there as well. Probably way too much, actually. Hopefully <laughs> annoyingly so. But we're all there hanging out together, enjoying, I guess, 
some of the positives in business and helping to solve some of those negatives. So please come over and find us again, just search in the groups function tradies and business. You may even see Nick and Jess in there. I think they're both in there. Yeah, they're, if both, I remember correctly. they're both members. Yep. Yep. So they'll be hanging out. Uh, and don't forget you can join up with us right now. So given that, you know, times are a little bit scary at the moment, Warwick and I are actually doing a four part webinar, 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 webinar series to help you prepare for the rebound. That's how we're going to term it. The rebound after the current crisis, you just need to be a trade desk member for those. And guess what? Joining is free. So we are so invested in ensuring that you and your business can get through this time well and flourish when the rebound comes. We're happy to throw you the first month free. So it's 49 bucks. You don't have to pay. It's on us. We'll do it for you. Then you can join in on our four webinar series. You'll get replays. They'll be there in the back end of the trade desk if you didn't join up to week two or week three, even week four. But you'll also find bunches of templates, tools, um, how-to videos, flowcharts, everything you need to put in place to have everything ready to go for when we press play because it's coming. It all feels a bit doomsday now, but it's coming. So it's all in there and you can do the whole lot in one month for 50 bucks and it won't cost you anything. I'll do it. I'll pay it for you. We'll pay it for you. Well, you can pay it now. You've just said that. I have, haven't I? <laughs> People keep signing up. I'm like, Coxie's picking up the bill for this one. I know. Go broke. <laughs> but I'm happy to do so because it makes people, it, it's giving businesses, I guess, a, a way forward in what can feel like a, a scary time. We're trying well, to tell you that it's time. positive, right? There are yeah. some really positive things that you can do right now to help you moving forward. Absolutely. So that's why it's on us. I'll go broke to help you guys not go broke. Yeah. And, <laughs> and look, uh, yeah, jokes aside, um, get in there. We, we are making it free to help as many trade business owners as we can uh, because we know you probably, uh, if you haven't been affected yet, you will be. Um, and we want you to be ready for that. But as Coxie said, we want you to be even more ready to bounce back when uh, normality whatever that is, returns. Um, and I don't think it'll be that far down the track, but uh, yeah, we want you to take the opportunity to get everything in place now. So um, tradesinbusiness.com.au, search for the trade desk. Uh, there is a code for you to get your free month. So you must use the code tradies for tradies and that is the number four in the middle there, tradies for tradies Stick that code in at the checkout and uh, you get a free month worth 50 bucks on us. And you can go steal all our stuff uh, to help yourself in your business. <laughs> steal it. <laughs> so just say thanks. That's all we ask. Just say thanks. It is a steal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's enough dribble from me. And uh, thank you again to Nico and Jesso um, for chatting so openly with us today. That was awesome. And if you want to be a real tradie story on the podcast, hit us up. Uh, yes, We're please. always looking for cool guests and interesting stories. If you've got a something that you think would help fellow tradies, fellow tradies, um, give us a shout and uh, we'll get you on the show. Hey, Ray. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.